episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. Now, this is my long-awaited Roe v. Wade coverage podcast. Now, I know this is pretty late. With news, this would be insanely late, but I'm a one-woman show. And when the federal government's like, you know what, we're going to add a January 6th committee hearing with no advanced warning, except for the day before, that tends to throw off a schedule like mine. Um, Because I don't have anybody else (laughs) to go, hey, can you get this for me? I have to do it all myself. So, um, but I'm really, and then I didn't want to release it right before uh, July 4th weekend because I I thought no one was going to listen to it. So I started doing it, and I thought, you know what, I need to rewatch everything, because it had been a minute. So I rewatched everything, and I'm so glad I did that, because I found all this stuff I never would have found. I'll explain as we go through it, but... And I'm also really glad that I took a break uh, before doing this, because Fox kept predicting, and this is a theme through the whole podcast, that there was going to be wild, violent, crazy riots. And they had, and this is something that I took notice of and this I didn't notice this till the second time I went through everything they had dedicated about half their screen to a third of the screen to the full screen of live feed coverage from various cities of pro-choice protests and they were definitely hoping to to catch some massive rioting in this footage because they kept it on the screen. They'd have people talking and you'd see nothing but this riot. This, it wasn't riot footage. It was protest footage. So they, they kept talking about riots. They kept hoping they wouldn't say I'm hoping for a riot, but it was very obvious they were hoping for a riot. And as we go through it, I'll get more specific, but I kept track of how often the screen I was watching included live feed coverage of a protest. And it was staggering. My original plan was PBS uh, put a four hour long segment on YouTube saying it was like Roe v. Wade coverage. And I got all excited. So I went ahead and captured and analyzed a full four hours for Friday, that Friday. So I went The Five, Tucker Carlson Tonight, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingram. And then when I got into the PBS footage, I cracked it open and realized it was PBS NewsHour repeated with Washington Week. And I was very disappointed. And I thought, well, how am I going to make this work? Because this is totally uneven. And I said, screw it. I'm going to compare each hour of Fox to the one hour of PBS NewsHour. And then, weirdly, a Washington Week is actually quite similar to the five in that it's shorter, they didn't do as much coverage, and it's just reporters, and it's a small group, no experts. So I thought, actually, this will work. This will work perfectly. So I went ahead and compared the five 
to Washington Week because they're actually quite similar in their format and their length and the whole nine yards. So it wasn't a waste, and I had a lot of fun comparing each show to PBS because it was, again, vastly different of how they handled this topic. So we're going to get right into it. Here we go. Roe v. Wade. Fox News was hoping for a riot while blatantly misleading its audience. On the night of the Supreme Court struck down the 49-year-old Roe v. Wade decision, a typical Fox viewer might have expected live coverage of violent riots across the country. They might also think abortion wasn't being banned in several states. Fox News predicted bedlam, destruction, and chaos across the U.S., not just for that night, but for the entire summer of 2022. What Fox viewers saw instead was a lot of footage of peaceful protests along with clips of angry Democrat congresswomen repeated on several Fox News programs. Now, before we get into it, here's a short list of things that all four Fox News programs included. They all included a clip of Representative Maxine Waters of California uh, making a statement outside of the Supreme Court building. They all included the exact same archive segment from 2006 of President Joe Biden having a slightly different take on abortion. Um, they also showed a sh the exact same short excerpt of President Joe Biden's speech about the court's decision. They also included clips of Representative, of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Of course they would. And footage of the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, making a formal statement about the court's decision. Notice the theme with these Congress people. <laughs> They're all women. Then the thing that I found most repugnant, and again, this was across every single show, um, and they all kind of handled it slightly differently, is that someone from each show that I watched had to make a really disgusting statement about President Joe Biden's faith, questioning if he was a real Catholic, questioning if he was Christian, questioning his, his, the veracity of his statements about his feelings about Roe v. Wade. It was really awful. Like, there's, what are you doing? Like, President, uh, former President Donald J. Trump, like, clearly didn't know anything about Christianity. But yet they just took it as whole cloth that he was a, a quote-unquote Christian. And, of course, nobody seems to mind, even though they criticized Joe Biden for adjusting his position on abortion, that former President Donald J. Trump completely flipped his position on abortion. Kellyanne Con Conway mentioned it once and acted like it was this, you know, brilliant evolution of his character, but that was it. Um, they just completely ignored it. Now, this next clip is Representative Maxine Waters speaking out front of SCOTUS, and it's from The Five, and then I just have the other clips from the other shows that follow it. This turnout here, you ain't seen nothing yet. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. AOC and Maxine Waters calling for people to get into the streets as left-wing... You see this turnout here? You ain't seen nothing yet. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. That clip was from Tucker Carlson, the only person who played the entire clip. Demonstration or comrade Maxine Waters called for an insurrection against the court. Take a look. You ain't seen nothing yet. And then Ingram also played it and handled it a little bit differently. You see this turnout here? 
You ain't seen nothing yet. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. And what she said there, that defiance, that anger, could be translated into chaos. See how she's saying chaos and it's this foreboding. And Hannity called it an insurrection. And uh, Tucker Carlson, you can't see it because it's a visual, not an audio a cue. It just has this completely creepy face after she says this and they all act completely outraged. She's not actually calling for any sort of insurrection or uprising or overthrowing the government. What she's saying is women will defy you. We will control our bodies. And what I infer from that is she's talking about self-management of abortions, which have been going on since the beginning of time. Abortion was commonly practiced all the way back through ancient times. Christopher Columbus wrote about um, native women in Hispaniola practicing abortion when he landed. That's how there's just an avalanche of of um, evidence that proves that abortion was widely practiced. So it didn't become politicized until much, much later. And then it really reached its zenith in the 80s um, with the Republicans using it as a wedge issue. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot of much to do about nothing. And they all show this exact same clip and they all freaked out. And I just rolled my eyes very, very hard. They also all attacked AOC, but they used different clips for AOC. With Nancy Pelosi, they used the exact same statement, which was a statement she made that was like a formal statement at a podium about what had happened. So, uh, but that's what Fox is good at, repetition. That is part of a foundation of propaganda, repetition. Much like a slogan, you just hit it over and over and over again. No deviation, always stick to the script. And Fox is very, very good at that. The first show we're going to explore is The Five, which I have mocked mercilessly since I've started this project because I just find it completely vacuous and inane and stupid, and I hate, I hate this show. But it is one of the most popular shows on Fox News, which is mind-blowing. It comes on at 5 p.m. It's not at all in-depth. It's five people talking half the time. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, its audience has got to be retirees who are just sitting around going, this is great. It does have a very, like, homey feel to it, which I guess is why people love it so much, but I am baffled that this show does so well. So I'm going to start first with the one liberal voice, and she does an amazing job. I don't know, how, people always say, how do you, how do I do my job? How does Jessica Tarloff do her job? She is probably paid a lot more money than I am, but Jessica Tarloff is the lone one of the liberals they use in rotation on the five. I think she's the best spoken, she's the most intelligent, and she's the best at debating. She's not an incredibly aggressive person, which is probably why they use her. Because if she was aggressive, I, I don't think it would, would work with their viewers. She's a little um, quiet, she's a little soft-spoken, and she seems like a very nice person. Um, and she's very sharp, but she's not aggressive in that she doesn't like attack jump down somebody's throat they jump down her throat which is hard to watch but anyway this is a great statement it's kind of long it's worth listening to ruth Bader ginsburg had a problem with the opinion she did not have a problem with the right to abortion the original case was a privacy case 
It was decided seven to two, and the chief justice was appointed by a Republican. And I think that that is something that has gotten lost in the conversation today, that people are not using the privacy word enough here. And I do firmly believe that if this was a case, if, if men were the people that were carrying the children, that this would never have happened. Um, I think that women are being put in a terrible position. The statistics are very clear about who this is going to affect the most. It's women who earn less. It's predominantly women of color. Um, there is a laxness um, to the idea that it's just easy to cross state lines to just go get an abortion. It's no big deal. I mean, today in West Virginia and Arkansas, immediately all abortions that were scheduled for today moving forward were canceled. Um, and abortions are not just for women that got pregnant by accident because they slept with the wrong guy. It's for medical reasons, uh, protecting the life of the mother. Some of these states uh, are going to have no exceptions for rape or incest. And I find it very hard to believe for the conservatives on TV, I saw Ted Cruz on earlier, you know, touting the ruling that if one of Ted Cruz's daughters got pregnant because she was raped or God forbid, a, you know, an uncle or someone got her pregnant, that he wouldn't do everything in his power to make sure that his daughter didn't have to carry that baby to term. The hypocrisy is beyond comprehension here. Uh, Republican women get pregnant too. And I'm not saying we can't have a conversation about 15 weeks or 20 weeks. I know a lot of people who are pro-choice have numbers like that. But when this goes back to states, 13 of which have trigger laws that are going to go into effect right away, that means that at six weeks, when they don't even have you come in for a heartbeat appointment yet at that point, uh, women are putting in an incredibly unfair position. And I was on with Martha earlier for a discussion about this. And we were talking about what Gorsuch and Kavanaugh had said, and Susan Collins and Joe Manchin have both released statements saying that they were misled. Quote from Justice Gorsuch, I accept the law of the land. Roe v. Wade was law of the land. He deceived the senators and he deceived the American people, Kavanaugh as well. And there's some language from Amy Coney Barrett that I would add to that. Okay. You know, I that was actually a longer statement and I kind of microscope, like surgically went in and cut out some of the middle that were People were interjecting over her, mostly, because that's what they do on the, on the five. Um, I just thought that was incredibly well stated. That's the only pro-choice voice that's going to exist in this podcast today. So I just wanted to get it right up at the top. Um, now, this next clip, I will say very briefly, I forgot to say, the panel for the five for this episode was Katie Pavlich, Jessica Tarloff, Martha McCallum, Dana Perino, and Greg Gutfeld, all of Fox News. Greg Gutfeld really just seemed horribly uncomfortable for this entire episode. He kept making awkward jokes about his show and stuff that had nothing to do with abortion. He just seemed absolutely miserable. And I, I, it's not that I have sympathy for Greg Gutfeld. It just, it was very awkward. It was just, I, wow. Um, he said some pretty rude things about abortion. He's very flippant. Like, well, you can just go get one if it's illegal in your state. You can just go get one. So it's not that I'm like sympathetic towards him, but it was, it, they probably should have just had five women. It just, yikes. Okay, so this next one is Katie Pavlich, and she gets a couple things blatantly wrong. She's entitled to her opinion. Some of this is her opinion. I can't really debate her opinion, um, but some of it is just factually wrong. So you're going to hear, this is a clip that I made for Twitter. It's already produced, so you're going to hear my voice in it. Uh, just to explain this a little bit. And she's talking about how she would blame Democrats for this, which is an interesting take. So when it comes to how we got to this moment, you can actually blame Democrats for this in a, in a way. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't want to retire. 
She could have retired early. That could have been a Democratic seat put there. Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump after taking advantage uh, and taking for granted the campaign, not working as hard as she could have. And Harry Reid, who was a Senate majority leader, changed the rules on the filibuster. So it was easier to confirm Supreme Court justices. Okay, let's break down this logic. You're blaming the Democrat for losing an election that she actually won by 2.9 million votes in the popular vote. So really, you could blame the Electoral College. What you said about Harry Reid and the filibuster in regards to the Supreme Court is false. It was the Republican majority leader, Mitch McConnell, who extended the rule change to apply to nominees to the Supreme Court in 2017. But this is the big thing that you really missed. On March 16, 2016, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell basically invented a rule not in the Constitution, and said that Barack, then-President Barack Obama could not appoint a new Supreme Court justice because we were just too close to an election. So four years later, at the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Donald J. Trump sees no problem with appointing a brand-new Supreme Court justice right before an election, and Mitch McConnell does not object, as he did when Obama was president. So now back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You want to blame a dead woman who was an advocate for women her entire life. All right. Had she retired under Obama, what's to say Mitch McConnell wouldn't have invented another rule to block Obama's appointment? So there was a lot of talk on Fox during this, these broadcasts about people making comments about the court being illegitimate. That is exactly why people think the court is illegitimate. Because in the U.S. Constitution, a president is given the right to appoint a new Supreme Court justice when a Supreme Court justice dies or retires. Now, Mitch McConnell made up this goofy rule, and he kind of weirdly tried to blame Biden for it, that you couldn't uh, do a new appointment during an election year. We were eight months away from an election, and he stomped his feet, said, absolutely not. We're not going to do a hearing on an appointment. Nope. No nominee. It's not going to happen. I refuse because, you know, for the sake of the American people, all sanctimonious. And then, of course, under Trump, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies right before the election. And Amy Coney Barrett is sworn in a week, a week before the 2020 election. So it's just they're shameless. And that is why people are angry. And that is why people call this court illegitimate. So at the end of this, I compare the words used in Washington Week to the five. This is the only time I compare Washington Week to Fox News because they're the same length, same style of show. And I compared words, word usage, and they were pretty stable until we got to things like protest. And Fox used that word 16 times. PBS used it once. Um, another one was Trump. Fox used it, uh, PBS used it three times. Fox used it six times. And there are some slight deviations. Um, Same-sex marriage came up nine times on PBS and three times on Fox. And when I do this, I also search for things like gay marriage instead of just same-sex marriage because they tend to change the words and the way they put things. So you can look at the chart. Uh, that one's not as interesting. The, the later ones get a little bit more dramatic, the differences. But there were differences even in these two short shows. And the live coverage of the protest started somewhere in the middle of the five. It's like a producer came up with the idea of we should be showing this uh, protest footage while we're showing the show at the same time. 
And it started literally about midway through. And then for the subsequent Fox shows, it was pretty much always on the screen. So for the, fir- for the five, it was 38% of the coverage. Um, but it did feel like they just sort of midway through thought, hey, we should add this. So it's interesting. And, and, and that, in- that percentage of screen time will get much, much higher with subsequent shows. So the next show up is everybody's favorite, and I say that sarcastically, Tucker Carlson Tonight. Tucker Carlson's had 51 minutes dedicated to Roe v. Wade. They only had one commercial break. Um, He showed 42.5 minutes worth of this live feed, or 83% of his broadcast time had some form of this live feed on the screen. For his experts and guests, he included Senator Josh Hawley, Eric Schmidt, the Attorney General from Missouri, Dana Perino of Fox News, Shannon Bream of Fox News, Dr. Marty McRae, he's a, they use him all the time, he's a surgeon, he's a Fox News medical contributor, Harmy Dillon, very conservative lawyer, they use her all the time, Molly Hemingway, another regular on Fox, she's the editor of The Federalist, Candace Owens, a conservative pundit, also common guest, Jeremy Lafredo of Rebel News, that clip is funny. We'll get to see that um, or hear that. Uh, Julio Rosas of Town Hall, senior editor. Lila Rose. This is he actually had a couple of people who were uh, pro-life, and I'm going to use the term pro-life because it gets a little confusing to go back and forth with anti and pro-choice. I know people have strong feelings about that, but as a person having to organize this in my head, I'm just going to go with pro and pro. So the two pro-life people were Lila Rose, president of Live Action. And I cannot begin to pronounce this woman's name correctly. It is long. Marjorie Danenfelser, president of the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. She was the only guest that also appeared on PBS. Um, So here's the... uh, Tucker, being Tucker, took this all the way to the extreme of panic, panic. You know, the sky is falling. Everyone's going to die tonight kind of level of crazy. Um, And... His clip was, he just kept focusing on, like, it's not illegal, everyone's freaking out, they're going to burn our cities tonight. And here's one of his quotes. If they like abortion, they can vote to legalize abortion. If they don't like abortion, they can vote to ban abortion. That's not shocking. That's how our system is supposed to work, not being a monarchy and all. And that's kind of how he delivered it. Um, There is something called the tyranny of the majority, and... um, We do have a court system in part to prevent the majority from just crushing the basic human rights of the minority, which has happened before in this country, and of course would happen again if we didn't have a court system. This next clip made me chuckle. This is from Rebel News. Uh, Rebel News is a Canadian conservative, like far right, super low budget uh, media company. I have a personal history with Rebel News because I've been harassed by two former Rebel News commentators it's a long stupid story um they hire anyone and i mean anyone and the the average length of a career at rebel news is maybe six months and i think they pay them a couple rolls of quarters i don't know it's very low budget it's very comical here's the clip it's self-explanatory i mean who these people seem pretty organized i mean it's it seems like these signs must have some of these signs and stickers and the coordinates, I mean, it, it seems like they were ready for this before it happened. 
Of course. Yeah, I mean, the signs were mass produced somehow um, at a moment's notice. Everyone's holding the same signs. Um, I don't know where they got them. Uh, I've asked a few people. They said, you know, someone's handing them out. Um, I don't know who's behind it, who's behind the signs. And there's even some uh, posters going around that say, you know, tonight is a night to riot. Uh, verbatim. So, you know, who knows what, what's to come for the rest of the night. That is some hard-hitting journalism. They have signs. They look like they were printed. They were mass-produced. They've got words on them! I mean, okay, like, the leak happened in May. <laughs> the SCOTUS leak happened in May. <laughs> That's enough time to print signs? I know I'm blowing your mind. Most of us kind of just assumed Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned, and organizations that collect money and stuff probably just went ahead and said, let's print up those signs. Oh, my God, shocking details. So, yeah, and that, that commentator looked like an absolute child. I said it. I don't care. I'm okay with that. If you want a career in far right-wing media, it takes nothing. You don't have to fact-check. You don't have to spell-check. You don't have to do anything. Be a breathing human being and be willing to say whatever they want you to say and boom, right to the top for for probably six months again and then people will forget you. Okay, but that, I've seen it. There's so much bad journalism going on in the far right. I, is it journalism? I don't know. Was that journalism? It's signs. Okay, anyway, so that was just the tip, but that gives you an idea of how the, the tone here on Tucker of the riots, there's riots. And then he also had a, another kind of low-rent journalist, uh, Julio Rosas, who he's had on before, who, who writes for this new publication called Town Hall, which is also far-right. <laughs> and he says this, These things don't, uh, aren't able to get out of hand until after the sun sets, and that's about to happen in the next 30 minutes or so. So we'll just see what happens once it's finally going to get dark. It was just this foreboding, foreboding. And again, meanwhile, there's just live feed of protests in various cities going on as everyone's talking. So, and then Tucker fought with uh, Rosas and he tried to say that the uh, protesters were all affluent soul cycle set. Uh, they were white people. And Rosas actually corrected him and he called it a healthy mix of races, which was true. You could see it. They could clearly see these people behind him. They weren't all white. Um, and then the quote of the show for Tucker was, they hate democracy like the devil hates holy water. <gasps> Shocking. Okay, whatever, buddy. So, and then he also went on this rant, um, which I made a joke out of it. It was very visual. It wouldn't work for the podcast where Tucker kept saying how corporations didn't want you to have babies and wanted you to abort your babies and and was just lambasting corporate America. And, and I superimposed... Uh, a communist symbol across his face and played the Russian national anthem. Because I'm kind of like, I don't know how you could be so pro-capitalist on this network and be anti-corporate because it's the same thing. Anyway, and I think that's also silly because there's entire corporations that make all of their money off of selling things to families. So, of course, they want families. That's absurd. Um, and I also made another handy little chart where I based Tucker Carlson tonight um, compared it to PBS NewsHour, and the differences, again, were very stark this time on words like baby, which uh, Fox used 12 times, PBS used once. Pro and I also checked for babies, um, plural. Protest, nine times. 
once on PBS. And then Riots, eight times. Insurrection, seven times. Uh, Fox, not used at all on PBS. Also not used on PBS, but used on Fox was Lies, Antifa, Night of Rage. Uh, Trump was said eight times on, on Fox, once on PBS. So this one's very dramatic. Uh, if you get a chance to look at the newsletter, look at the newsletter. It's very good. I think it's very good. It's one of my favorite ones because I love doing this kind of granular analysis. Now we're on to Hannity. Hannity showed 87.5% of his coverage included a screen that had a live feed to protest. It was 56 minutes long with only one commercial break. His experts and guests included Kaylee McEnany, uh, formerly of the White House press secretary to Trump of Fox News currently, Kellyanne Conway, former counselor to President Trump, Stephen Miller, former advisor to President Donald J. Trump, Pam Bondi, former attorney general of Florida, Senator Marco Rubio, a Hannity favorite, Representative Ronnie Jackson, Representative Lauren Boebert, then two stalwarts of Fox News, Jonathan Turley, Greg Jarrett. They're both uh, Fox News legal analysts. Tammy Bruce, and we got a clip of her coming up. She's a hoot. She's a conservative podcaster, just a bit of a character. Alan Dershowitz, and sh uh, we all know Alan Dershowitz, and an attorney. And Shelby Talcott, a very incredibly young journalist from Daily Caller. So he started, this is my favorite clip of the week. Um, it got a lot of views. Uh, people love this like instantly. What this is, is a reporter in Chicago uh, reporting from one of the pro-choice uh, rallies. And he looks right into the camera and he says, well, this crowd's only like 5% men. As just dude after dude after dude walks right behind him. <laughs> and I admit, because somebody pointed this out on Twitter, that I am making a judgment call on these people's um, gender. Of course I am. I admit this, I am. But these are people who would be, I guess you'd say, appearing or... Uh, I, I don't know the exact term. But most people, I think it's safe to say, would assume male or male presenting um, based on... I think that's the term, presenting. I'm a little clueless in, in that regard. No offense. Uh, I just don't always know the right words to use. I'm Gen X. We're old. I, I, we make mistakes. It was a different world 20 years ago. So anyway, so this is a clip where you see a lot of what look like men walking right behind him. <laughs> like a lot of them. As he says with a straight face that there's only women at the protest. And there's other clips on Hannity and on Tucker where they also imply that everyone at these protests is women, and that's just not the case. It's not true at all. I mean, you could visibly see it. So here's the clip. And again, you're going to hear my voice on this. You, it's a visual, but I'm, count, I'm literally counting men as they walk by. Report. We turn now to Chicago, where our own Mike Tobin is standing by there tonight. Mike, what's the latest on the ground in Chicago? Well, they certainly brought out a lot of numbers and a lot of passion to downtown Chicago. This is Federal Plaza, uh, where the demonstration started tonight. And essentially what they've done is taken a big march all through downtown, uh, not only with the blessing of police, but Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, got out with the women in March. And I say women because uh, what makes this demonstration remarkable is it's almost entirely women. I would ballpark the uh, male population in this crowd uh, somewhere around 5%. Okay, let's count the men. I'm going to start with these three. Four, 
Uh, with the women I've spoken Five, about here, they say six, they felt very seven, disempowered eight, when the nine, decision came 11, down. 12, uh, so their choice 13, to come out here and demonstrate was to gather up in numbers and feel empowered again. 14, uh, they're pretty 15, straightforward. They say they want to send a message to 16, uh, the elected officials that they are indeed a powerful voting 17, bloc, and uh, the elected officials are going to have to keep that in mind. As far as uh, the way the march has gone, uh, nothing along the lines 18, of threatening behavior or anything that would make you 19, think that 20, uh, uh, things 21, would get violent. The worst we've seen is a couple of uh, vulgar signs and some vulgar chants. Sean? 22. All right, Mike Tobin from Chicago tonight. Thank you. Nice 5% there, sir. So from that, uh, Hannity kept pushing the whole, it's about to riot, it's about to riot, it's about to riot theme, even though it never did. And he says, um, this at one point, he says, we saw protests in the summer of 2020. Many of them spiraled out of control. We had dozens of dead Americans and thousands of injured cops and billions of property damage. We don't want to go back to those days, but when you have big crowds, it's always dangerous. And again, this is while there's a live feed from, and they kept jumping around from city to city, of protests with people in them and signs, and it was getting dark out, and it was just, you know, they were just waiting, they were just begging, they were praying that something would get crazy, and it didn't. Now, this next clip, I did, I will preface this with, I did edit this a little bit, um, this is Tammy Bruce. She is a conservative podcaster, and she sometimes hosts, sub-hosts for uh, Hannity. She used to be a liberal, and she flipped at some point. And I just find her kind of humorous. Um, I did, like, kind of um, surgically take out middle sections of this rant because she kind of goes on tangents. I was just trying to get the fever of it, which you definitely get. So I'm not misrepresenting her, but uh, this is... It just sort of condensed it a little bit. But this, again, it's more of the same tone of just pure panic all the time. Yes, it sure does. You know, the left really loves their drama, don't they? They just love it. They this can't run the country. They've made the world a more dangerous place. The economy has been destroyed. When you don't feel safe sending uh, your kids uh, to school to walk to school because of drug dealers and crime in your neighborhood, when you don't have gasoline to be able to drive, uh, if you had to, to a doctor that was out of town, when you don't know what next week's paycheck is going to look like, what you're going to be able to afford, what you can feed your own children at night because there's no protein, there's no food on the shelves, there's no baby formula, more riots and more violence over an issue as the as at the dinner table and at the kitchen table, American families are still wondering how they're going to get through the next few weeks and next few months, considering this economy and the condition of the world, wars breaking out. Uh, it, it's, it's an extraordinary environment. Yes, the, the left loves their drama, loves their drama. How dare they? Everyone's dying and they don't have protein. I mean, it's just like, calm down, lady, just calm down. So um, but that's just a great example. And then Alan Dershowitz was like the only dissenter who called this judicial activism and he openly fought with Hannity. Doesn't last long. It's maybe 30 seconds. But wow. And Dershowitz is a horrible human being. But there's moments where you're like, you're a horrible human being. But oh, OK, we agree on something. But it's woof, woof. I didn't include it because it's not very long and. There's a lot to include here. So there's a chart for Hannity and PBS and a couple of the very telling way off words were protest, baby, and Trump. 
as well as lies, riots, insurrection, which not surprising. Um, so, so similarities for, for many things, although very telling, PBS used the word health seven times, Hannity used it zero. So moving on, our last show to cover, The Ingram Angle. She had 50 minutes worth of coverage with two commercial breaks. Duration of the live coverage of the protest was 80% of her broadcast time, 40 minutes. She had Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota, uh, Representative Kat Kamak from Florida, Monica Crowley, she's always a live one, former assist assistant secretary of the treasury under Trump, Dr. Ben Carson, she paired those two together, which is always comical because it's like, really? Uh, Monica Crowley will say anything. And then Ben Carson, you're like, are you awake? He's like, talks really slow. And it's like, okay. She Then this was interesting, and I will give her kudos for this. Um, Ingram was at one point a Supreme Court uh, justice clerk, and she had three uh, former clerks on, all conservative, of course, Carrie Saravino, Robert Dunn, Megan Wald. Um, I thought that was impressive because they were actually talking about, even though, you know, you may not agree with them, they know what they're talking about. They were very specific. Uh, tip of the hat for actually getting experts on, which is very rare on Fox. They don't do that a lot. Um, they just have the same, same, same people. Um, but that didn't last long because she also, Ingram also had some idiots on her show. Um, Savannah Hernandez is an independent journalist who talked like she was a 16-year-old. <laughs> um, not sure her background. And then, of course, her favorite, Raymond Arraro. Arraro. She mispronounces everybody's last name, so I'm going to do it for him. He's like the culture reporter. I don't know why he was on. He just says catty things, and that's his whole shtick. Um, so... The tone of Ingram was different from Hannity and Tucker in that it was just praising Donald J. Trump. Just to the point that, I, oh my God. And this is the first quote. This court, this decision, this is Ingram saying this, solidifies President Trump as one of the giants of American history. For many Americans, this is like the Berlin Wall coming down. Whew. Um... Then she goes into, again, we have a pretty intelligent discussion with the clerks, former clerks, and then she goes into um, this very young reporter, and this was a, a clip that I, I spoofed, I made it into a video called Antifa, the music video, which is 100% visual, which is why I'm not playing it, it wouldn't really cross over to the podcast, but she says, this is, I'm going to kind of imitate this young woman, she's like... <laughs> Laura, what I'm seeing here on the ground is basically the biggest tantrum I've ever seen in my life. I was following Antifa for a while, and they were basically just hijacking this movement. And they're trying to make it about abortion, but also hating police officers, but also burning the American flag and crapping on our country. That's some, again, hard-hitting journalism. It's very professional. Um, very professional. Very top-notch. And what was funny about that segment is, her, I don't know if it was Hernandez's footage or Fox's footage, but they had 15 seconds of what looked like maybe a dozen protesters in black. Some of them had black um, umbrellas opened. That's a tear gas and identity situation protection type thing. They put the, you can't photograph them if they have a, an umbrella in front of their face and, and it also can protect them against 
tear gas and anything thrown at them. That's why they use them. Um, it was a very small group. Uh, they were in black. One guy was holding, like, some type of smoke. He was making smoke device. That was it. And so, because it was a small group and it was 15 seconds worth of coverage, they just looped it. So they just kept showing the same loop over and over and over again as they kept talking about this menacing Antifa that was going to riot and destroy American cities and hijacking abortion. And it was just really insane. It was just, I don't even know what was going on there. I was like, that is pathetic. It's 15 seconds. Anybody can notice that this is 15 seconds worth of footage. So next up, Ingram bragged about how she was responsible personally for the Roe v. Wade uh, decision being overturned because she was very critical of George W. Bush's pick, Harriet Myers, which I think everybody was critical of. And that nomination lasted like a few days. It was over before it started. But what that's unique is they showed old clips of Laura Ingram from like 20 years ago or whenever saying like, how dare he nominate this woman? She's not qualified. And um, so there's a kind of an amusing photo of a much younger Laura Ingram. Uh, but the, here's the clip that got a lot of play. It was up to like 17,000 or something on Twitter because it was just, wow, you're just saying the quiet part out loud, aren't you? I'm not going to give it away. I'm just going to play it. It's Laura Ingram. And, uh, and also Mitch McConnell for keeping uh, Merrick Garland off yes. the court. My God, that would have been a disastrous Supreme <laughs> Court justice pick. So I can criticize McConnell on a lot of things, but he's, he was fantastic on the court. That, that court stuff, you know, when... Um, Senator Mitch McConnell just took away the right from the president to appoint a Supreme Court justice based on nothing. Because he could. Because we cheat. Because that's how we get things done. Because we're Republicans. That's my attempt at uh, Laura Ingram's voice. Her, she's tricky. She reminds me of a Disney villainess, but without the glamour. And I kind of picture her voice, not that she would be violent. I don't think she would be at all. But I, her voice is so intense, the way she speaks, that you could just like place a vase next to her and she could just talk at it just like how you doing vase yeah well you know you go back far enough vases were once important and now they're useless rubbish and it would just shatter just break it would just break right in front of her it's my my feeling of the intensity and in, in laura ingram um anyway so that was that's the last clip of the fox coverage i have one of pbs coming up um the chart between the two shows is pretty close. Um, the biggest difference is, of course, being Trump, Antifa, Black Bloc. It's, it's an interesting chart. I always love looking at this stuff because it kind of reduces it down to something that's a little bit more quantifiable rather than just opinion. When you see, that's why I love doing these charts, when you see words, it's kind of hard to argue, oh, they didn't talk about Trump. Well, no, they did 19 times. So PBS News... Uh, hour did a great job 48 minutes no live feed of protest coverage shockingly um judy woodruff is a class act uh what they started with is they had two uh, top of the you know top 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 shelf um legal experts come on and analyze the specifics of the exact ruling and then they had a pro-life person come on they had a pro-choice person come on. They had a pro-life person on, pro-choice. And then they had Capehart and Gershon, which are two Washington Post uh, journalists who discussed it at length. 
And that's how PBS does it. And you can time them like a watch. If anyone says they are partisan, I'm sorry, they are not. Because they give these people equal time and they're very respectful to the pro-life people. Um, they aren't emotional. They don't show any sort of bias. They simply ask questions. It's very calm. Um, it's, it's, I'm impressed with how they handle it. Uh, this clip that I'm going to play, there's some quotes. I'm kind of running out of time. I don't want this to be too long. Where they talk about, uh, and I really do focus more on Fox than PBS, but there's some quotes in the newsletter from both uh, Washington Week and PBS NewsHour that are quite good that show kind of how they explored it. But this last clip kind of sets the tone of just the madness that we're about to face. This is Judy Woodruff, um, PBS NewsHour host, interviewing Marjorie Dannenfelser and she, the president of the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. Dannenfelser also appeared on Tucker Carlson tonight the same evening. She was in the same outfit. It was very clear. She just was jumping around to shows. This is her statement. It doesn't need too much explanation. And that is the fundamental unfairness of saying to women who don't have the financial means, uh, who live in states where abortion will no longer be legal, that they are, in effect, either going to, to give birth to a child they are not prepared to give birth to, uh, whereas women who have financial means are going to be able to travel somewhere if they want an abortion to get it. What, what about that? Well, that would be unfair if that were true. But pro-life, not anti-abortion, is pro-life at birth and throughout life. And that is the commitment of the pro-life movement. It is my personal commitment, every leader that I know, and not just uh, that small number of people, but the governors that I've spoken to, 22 so far in the states that are most likely to limit abortion um, very early on. That commitment to those who are perceived as outliers, people who are perceived as can't manage um, allowing their children to be born. Those are the people that we go to first. Those are the people that we love. Love is at the center of this movement and it is exactly what makes us flourish and why we will succeed. I wanted to include that clip because it, it, it echoes a lot of what was happening on Fox. Um, Fox throughout all four shows kept repeating this, this I would, there's no nice way of putting it, uh, misleading statement, I'll say that, uh, that abortion wasn't going to be banned and women could just travel to other states and women could just take, um, you know, um, abortion pill and, and it would be fine. And in some cases that's true. But when I hear a statement like that, I can't help but think, and I'm sure that the woman who runs the Susan B. Anthony for Life America is heartfelt and really means what she says. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but there are hundreds of thousands of children languishing in our foster care system right now. There's children living in poverty. There's children who are neglected and abused right now, and no one's doing anything about it. We don't have family leave. We don't have a decent wage in most of these states. Women are abandoned by men constantly. Women are raped. Children are molested. It, that's the reality of why abortion is so necessary for so many people. And instead of riots, and instead of cities being burned down, the casualties are probably going to be women. And pregnant people who cannot get the help they need. 
So for all the fear-mongering that I sat through and, and broke down and analyzed and kind of chuckled at some parts of it, that's the reality we're facing right now. And everybody has very strong feelings about abortion. I'm trying like hell to save my opinion. I just know that two things go up when abortion is criminalized and this can be proven. I'm a data person. I love data because data is hard to refute. And that is maternal death rates and suicide. So thank you so much for listening. I'm, this was a very difficult episode for me to do. Uh, to watch all of that footage, to re-watch all of that footage, to break it down the way I did. But I think it's very important because the Fox audience doesn't know what's going on. And they thought there was going to be a riot, and there wasn't. And they thought our streets would be burning and it would be 2020 all over again, but it wasn't. And I think it's very important to get the truth out, to tell people what's really happening in this country. And sadly... Abortion will be banned. It was banned in my home state, first off, in Missouri, the state that I was born in and raised in, and is banned all over the country. And uh, this is going to be a bumpy road. And that's all I got to say. I don't know really how to end this podcast, except for thanks for listening. Um, please check out all my other social media, uh, my Patreon. I appreciate uh, my audience tremendously. Uh, you are who I fight for. You are who I do this for. I want to fight back against this horrible propaganda machine that is manipulating about a third of our country. And if this is the small way that I can do it, then that's how I'm going to do it. Thank you so much. Um, I should have another podcast coming up soon. I'm planning to review a Tucker Carlson's ridiculously goofy Patriot Purge film from Tucker Carlson Originals from Fox Nation. Thank you so much.